I'm going to read uh, the Christmas story from Matthew chapter 1, a few verses of it anyway. I've got, uh, this is a different Christmas for me. I was uh, riding in the car the other day and um, just kind of meditating on some things, not really praying about anything specifically, just meditating on some things. And I heard these words in my spirit this Christmas. And I don't know what that means. I've imagined everything, you know, as you do when, when things like that come. But something special about this Christmas. That's all I had. It wasn't, it wasn't the, it wasn't the voice of the Lord, you know, sometimes there's a, a stronger, um, way that God speaks to you. It wasn't that. It wasn't something that jarred me or rattled me from inside. Just a witness on the inside. Just still small voice, if you will. This Christmas. Well, I started thinking, okay, Lord, what does that mean? Put in my wish list. Let's see, this Christmas I want this, and this Christmas I want this, and this Christmas I want this. And none of those things are really for me. Those are things that have to do with God's plan for us and our church family and so forth. Um, but I, I, there's just a real special, um, well, how do I say this? Maybe this is the best way to say it. There's a different expectancy in me for Christmas this time. I... Um, Um, I love Christmas. I love Christmas for the kids. But I don't love Christmas for me. Christmas is frustrating for me as a minister. Because so much of the attention is put on Jesus in the manger. And, uh, and I spend very little time thinking about Jesus in the manger. I mean, I read the story and it's, we romanticize it. The folks, it was not a romantic event. I mean, Jesus was born in a stable. And I don't care how you try to romanticize or retell the story, it's still a stable. You know? It wasn't with fanfare. It wasn't, uh, it sure wasn't the way I would have done it if I was God. Man, if I was God, I would have had rainbows coming from every direction, pointing right down there so that everybody knows. But that's why I'm not God. So Christmas is kind of difficult for me because on one hand, it's good that people are, have their eyes on Jesus, but they have their eyes on Jesus at the wrong time of his life. And, and I always want to try to make that shift. I always try, I want to try to refocus that to Jesus either his life on the earth or his death and what it means to us. Boy, something's different about this Christmas. This Christmas. This Christmas. The more I think on that, the bigger it gets, the more excited I get. So let's read about this Christmas that began many, many years ago. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost." And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. 
Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, the birth of the baby Jesus. What a wonderful thing. Like I said, we romanticize the story and we, we make it all sweet and nice and tidy and, and, and all this kind of stuff. And that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. If that gives people a good feeling about God, then great. Wonderful. But I think the reason that we get that good feeling is because we relate the birth of Jesus to what we think of or what we know of or our experience when babies are born. You remember when your children were born. Man, what an experience that was. New life coming into the earth. It was the creation of life. For God, that's not what it was. See, Jesus preexisted with the Father before he was born of a virgin. So the birth of Jesus was not the creation of life. It was not the bringing of life into the world. Like we think of when we think of our kids or family members who have had children. That's not what it was with Jesus. For God, it was the beginning of the fulfillment of his original plan. And in that, Jesus did two things. They're really part of the same thing, but two things, two separate characteristics of Jesus' purpose. The one was when he was here on the earth, he revealed the Father to us. And then the second, of course, was to die as a sacrifice for mankind. To bring life to the world through the knowledge of God and through the payment of sin. Well, as such, those things haven't changed. Jesus did live here on the earth, but he's gone now. He's gone from the earth in a physical sense. He still lives in our heart, but that's the whole point and should be the whole point of Christmas is that Jesus lives on. Not that Jesus came to the earth as a baby, but that Jesus lives on in us. So, with that in mind, the Lord put it on my heart a couple of weeks ago to have a testimony service. And uh, I'm terrible at testimonies. I'm good at stories. I remember Brother Hagin's testimonies and stories and, and John Lake's stories and Smith Wigglesworth's stories. But you can tell me something that God did and, I'll, I, and, and it just doesn't have the same impact. It doesn't make the same uh, lasting effect on me. I don't use many of my own stories for preaching ser- sermon illustrations and, and uh, I may make mention of it casually. But it's, I don't know, somehow it's different for me. And so there are times through the year that, uh, that people will give testimonies to the church. They'll send an email to the church or they'll tell me something about it or whatever the case is. And, and it slips by me. Now, I'm not saying that's the way it should be. I should be better about that. And I'm working on a system to where I can keep up with stuff better. But the Lord put it on my heart. I believe it was the Lord. You judge for yourself. But the Lord put it on my heart a couple of weeks ago after I heard the story, heard a testimony from somebody about the impact of the word in their lives. And I thought, you know, people need to hear that. I don't have many guest ministers, and that's for that's the own purpose. But you need more than just hearing me tell you what the Bible says week after week after week. You need to hear the results of what that word does in the lives of the people that are around you. Because the devil will try to isolate us. He'll try to tell us that it's working for everybody else but you or, or this doesn't work at all or whatever the case is. He'll try to get you discouraged through the lack of knowledge or the dissemination of knowledge, the communication of the truth and the good things that God's doing. So I'm going to have some testimonies this morning. Is that all right? This is going to, the, and, and my purpose in this 
is to show that Jesus is alive, that he came to the earth, and he's still working today. Now, the first one I want to do, and I've got to some folks that uh, I've asked. They uh, have shared their testimonies with me, and um, uh, these are things that I know about. And so I'm going to have different people come up and, and share some things that happened in them and what God did with them. The first guy I want to uh, come up is Kurt Binsworth. Kurt, if you'll come. Kurt and his wife, Sandra, well, actually, uh, I didn't know Sandra. I met Kurt at the gym. We used to work out at the same place. That's when I used to work out. And uh, we used to work out at the same place. And somehow or another, I don't know exactly how it happened, but we just kind of made friends and began talking. And, and then he found out I was a pastor, and he still kept talking to me. So I, that's, that's a plus. <laughs> Not very common, but it's a plus. And uh, so anyway, he and his wife and their kids wound up coming to the church, and God's done some things for them that I know about. And, uh, and this was a story that I had heard uh, some time ago. I'm not sure exactly when it happened, but, but some time ago. But I wanted him to share this with you because it's a wonderful, wonderful ter- testimony. Kurt Binsworth. Have at it, sir. Hi. Pastor Mike may not remember the time. I remember the time specifically. It happened about a year and a half ago. It was the last week of July of 2012. Um, I had been working on a house, and uh, I caught a fever. I didn't think anything of it for the first few days. It worsened. And what do most men do when we get fevers and that type of thing? Right, we ignore it. So I continued to ignore it. Um, and something happened real rapidly. My body started to deteriorate, and my wife, thank you, Sandra, she took me to a walk-in clinic. I could barely walk. I was hallucinating. Um, My fever was a 103, 104, 105. Walk-in doctor said, you know, I think we need to take you to the hospital. So they wheeled me out in a wheelchair, And I honestly don't remember anything from that point forward. I was admitted to the hospital, and now I'm going to uh, fast forward you four days later. Four days later, I'm in a hospital. The doctors are telling my wife, we don't know what it is. His fever keeps rising. We don't know where it came from. All we know is it's gone septic. We're not so sure he's going to live through the night. So my wife went home. She cried, prayed, cried, this is what she told me, and then she contacted Pastor Mike. He said he'll be there in the morning. I wasn't sure if I was going to be there because I remember that night specifically. I'm laying in bed, IVs sprawled out throughout my entire body. I decided to, well, you know what? I know, Lord, if this is what you want, I give you my life. Take it. I am ready for you. So with IVs all out of my body, I'm barely able to get out of bed. My head bowed, and I'm sitting there, and I'm starting to do a little dance. Okay, called a shuffle. And I want to thank you, Mike, for teaching us how to dance in joy. (laughs) Because I was dancing for the joy that I was going home. And I was good with it. My heart was open and I could feel the Holy Spirit within me. 
I'm speaking in tongues. I'm knowing that I'm going home, and I'm good with that. I was so happy. After three minutes, I think I was done. <laughs> I plopped myself back into bed, laid down. Tranquility, the Holy Spirit all throughout filled me. I'm ready to go home. I knew it. It was okay. This is, this is perfect. I'm good. Surprisingly, I woke up the next morning, still breathing. Who do you think was there? Pastor Mike. He laid his hands on me, and I could feel the Holy Spirit come throughout, and it's the belief and the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. By that late afternoon, the temperature, my fever had gone down. By early Saturday morning, oh, I forgot to tell you, right after we got done with Mike and he was praying with us and we talked a bit, I said, okay, Pastor Mike, I'll see you on Sunday. So, guess what? I didn't make it on Sunday. (laughs) Apparently, they got this special rule at hospitals that you have to be completely free of whatever symptoms you had for 24 hours. Well, Friday, it almost all went away. By Saturday morning, it was gone. So they wouldn't release me until later Sunday afternoon. I'm sorry, Mike. (laughs) But what it is is, since then, though, too, also, one last note. It's been almost a year and a half since that event. And I haven't since then experienced a single cough, a single cold, a sniffle, nothing. And the people have been sick around me. Praise the Lord for that. So it's apparent that the Lord has something more for me to do in this world for him. And so I offer this as a testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ, his faith and the power of healing. And Pastor Mike, thank you very much. I am truly blessed. Amen. Thank you, Kurt. Bless you, sir. Thanks for sharing. I love you. Love you too, man. You know what I like about this testimony? Even though he didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about healing, they were very new in these things, and they didn't know exactly, like he said, he's ready to go. Well, he didn't recognize that that wasn't God's plan for him to go, and certainly not the way that God takes you. But he opened himself up to the things of God. And I love about this testimony that he was willing to dance in spite of the circumstances. Now, this is a perfect example of some of the things I've been trying to share here recently about what people are calling worship experience and stuff like that in church and and. And, I, and I, I don't know what that means. That's not a Bible term. So I assume that that means people are talking about the feeling they get from worshiping God. Well, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not the kind of worship that's going to put, make the difference between victory and defeat in your life. Because there are going to be times where you come up on situations where you're going to have to dance, not because you feel something, but because you believe something. Now, he believed he was in the hands of God. Well, he was. He didn't realize that the hand of God was for healing. He thought maybe the hand of God was for going home. But he put himself in the hand of God and he did it by faith. He did it as an act of his own heart. That's the kind of worship, that's the kind of singing praises unto God that Paul and Silas did in Acts chapter 16. That's the kind of worship that puts you over in life. And with limited knowledge, but simple faith, look at what God did for Kurt. Now faced with that same situation, he'd know right away. He knows more now. He knows right away. This is sickness from the enemy. This is the enemy trying to take me out. This is the enemy trying to detour God's plan for my life. So he'd do the same dance or shuffle. 
But he'd do it with a different purpose. But even at that, everything doesn't have to be perfect with God. God sees your heart. I love that testimony. I want somebody else to come and share now. Uh, I, I don't know what this story is, but I've heard raving reviews about this story. Roxy, where are you? Come up here. Roxy's one of our youth. And she's got a great testimony. Share with us a little bit. Hi, guys. Oh, there you go. Hi, I'm Roxy. Um, I'm part of the youth ministry. Um, I'm going to tell the story when I was saved. Um, I come from an agnostic background. Like, all my generations prior to me have been agnostic. Nobody believes in anything. All right. I was saved December 31st, 2012 at winter camp. And I was... um, I have a really interesting experience with this. Okay. Um, I went to winter camp not really knowing what to expect. But on New Year's last year, I... I just, I was worshiping, and Chip was leading us in worship. I don't know where he is. Chip, somewhere. There. Um, he was leading us in worship, and he told us to raise our arms. Don't care what anybody else around us is doing. Don't care what they're thinking. Just raise your arms. Tell Lord he's our Savior. We love him, and lay your light out for him. So I did that. I knew exactly what I was getting into when I did that. I was like, okay. Um, just then and there, I felt this rush of calmness. And a sense that everything was going to be okay. Everything from now on was going to go for me. It was going to do, I was going to do well. And I wasn't expecting that at all. And I was so excited to go to sleep and wake up the next morning as a Christian. Because I knew that I knew that I knew that God moved inside of me that moment. And I knew it. There was no doubt in my mind. But the next morning I woke up in a hospital bed. And <laughs> I saw Shaney. And she was just, she told me the story of what had happened. In the morning, I had a seizure. I had been attacked by the devil. And the seizure had lasted three minutes. And once we told the firemen this, they were astonished. They were like, how is she conscious right now? They were completely mind-boggled. And they asked what kind of camp this was. They asked, what kind of camp is this? And my friend told him, this is Christian camp. And he's like, she is so lucky to be here. She's so lucky. And since then, I've been coming every Friday and Sunday, and I I love God more than I ever imagined. And my life has been full of blessings. And I just actually recently got filled with the Holy Spirit over summer camp. And my cup has been overfilling every single day, and every aspect of my life is blessed. And Pastor Mike continuously keeps on opening doors to things that I have dominion over. It's like, it's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just so thankful for this church and thankful for God's love, and I don't know what I would be doing if I didn't have his love with me. So, Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Roxy. Thank you so much. You know, so many times people have a hard time Thinking about, uh, well, how would I share Jesus? That must be for the pastor or the other ministers or stuff like that to do. What do I, what do I do? What do I say? You know, sharing Jesus is the easiest thing in the world. All you have to do is ask somebody, do you know Jesus? First of all. Secondly, just tell them, he changed my life. And then third, he can do the same for you. That's all it takes. People want their lives to be changed. Look at how God changed this little girl's life. Brought her out of a family in a background, historical background, that wouldn't know God from anything or anyone. And immediately showed her 
his hand of protection. Amen. Well, let's change gears a little bit. Uh, I want to share Dornan, Dorman to come now. Shara has a, an excellent testimony that I want her to share with you. Matter of fact, I understand she's got a couple, but one she wrote me about. So share with the people what the Lord's done for you. Okay. Um, I've been coming to Foothill for 10 years, and I've been paying attention to the teaching. Um, due to the economy and the cutbacks, uh, my particular department at work was totally eliminated. And so myself and many others were laid off. We were given a 30-day notice of layoff. And I remember after I left my boss's office that I walked into the parking lot and immediately bubbling up in my spirit was, Fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And then... My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches. Be anxious for nothing. I mean, all these verses just keep popping up and popping up all the way home. These verses are just popping up, and I'm speaking them. Well, the next few days, I took three-by-five cards, and I wrote down verses about God's provision, God's faithfulness, who he was, who I was in him. And I put them in my pocket, my purse, my car. Wherever I was, these verses were with me. When I walk the dogs, I'm speaking these verses because Pastor Mike has been teaching us, speak the word. And the more you speak it, the more alive it comes into your spirit. Now, in the natural, I did get laid off. 30 days came by, got my last paycheck. And I remember when I got my direct deposit, I sat down to write out my tithe check. And immediately that old devil, he began whispering in my ear, you know, it's your last paycheck. God will understand if you let this slide. You've been faithful for years. You can let it slide. And I thought, I am not stupid. That is the worst thing I can do. And I remember on that tithe check, I added a little bit more. And I did that for two reasons. Like, in your face, devil. And my declaration to God that no matter what I saw, no matter what my situation, I would trust God and his word in my life. And so another month goes by. I'm still speaking the word. I still got my three-by-five cards. And I'm going around the neighborhood declaring the word of God. And people who saw me walking my dogs would often see me with my cards, you know, just speaking the word. Well, the day arrived, the first day of the month, with, which would have been my payday. So it was my first payday without pay. And I was in the backyard doing a few projects, kind of dirty, garden gloves and all of this. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, share Go in the house, go online, go check your bank account. I kept working. Go in the house, go online, check my bank account. There's no paycheck. 
He spoke again, share, go in the house, go online, go check your bank account. So took off my gardening gloves, trudged up the hill, went in the house, brushed off, booted up my computer, logged into my bank account, and I stared at it. There was a deposit in my checking account. Now, I did not recognize where that came from. It did not match up with anything I had ever seen. I don't know what it was. I called the bank. They verified that it was a cash deposit into my account an hour earlier. I go back, bring up my account again, and I transferred that amount to my checkbook. And then I realized something. I knew that I knew that was a heavenly deposit. And not only did I have a heavenly deposit, God gave me a raise. (laughs) You know, that happened three times. Three times. First of the month, every payday. Three times. I remember about the second week, one verse of scripture that just popped in me was John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. And I remember talking to God saying, I'm asking you that all my bills are paid. I'm not going to manipulate or just do partial. I want all my bills paid. You're my God. You're the provider. How he did that, I don't know. I don't care what I do know, what Pastor Mike has been teaching, what the word of God declares. The word of God works, and it's here for us to use in our life situation, including layoff. Amen. Did you ever find out where the deposits came from? Did you ever find out where the deposits came from? No, no, huh? Praise the Lord. Um. When Beth and I were uh, buying our first house in Tulsa back in 1982, three, something, I don't know, somewhere around there, um, we needed to come up with a down payment of the house. It was a real small house. The house cost $57,500, if I remember correctly. We had to come up with $6,000, $6,000 down. We didn't know where we were going to get the money, so we prayed and we agreed together that we'd have the money by the time that we needed it. And... Um, the bank made a $6,000 error on our deposit, or on our account. They deposited $6,000 to us, and I knew that it wasn't mine. And so I called the bank, and I said, you've made a mistake. Well, they said, okay, well, just leave it alone. We'll clear it up and figure it out some way or another. This went on for several months. And uh, finally, the bank got mad at me for calling them. Because I'm thinking, I mean, the way my mind works, if they're making a mistake in my favor then that means they've made a mistake against somebody else. Somebody surely is going to complain about not having $6,000. The bank finally got mad at me for calling and said, look, the money is yours. Quit calling us about this. So I transferred the money out of that account as quick as I could. <laughs> we used it for the down payment of our house. Uh, hearing Cher's testimony, I'm pretty well convinced now that banks make errors in favor of the people that do the word. I don't know if I mean that literally or not, but God sure comes through. Amen. Kurt, come up here. I want you to share what happened with you and your job situation. 
This is Kurt Almaroth. His wife is Brighton. Brighton works in the children's ministry now and uh, working on staff here at the church. And uh, they just have recently moved out here to California, and they had a real exciting testimony about what God did for them. You may know me from carrying around the handsome little boy. Yeah. It's about this big. <clears throat> but um, yeah, Brighton and I moved out here. We decided um, it was the right timing that God had for us to move out here, be closer to our family, um, and come be part of this wonderful church. Um, she grew up here. <clears throat> so we moved out here believing God would take care of us. Um, we didn't know what that meant whenever it happened. Um, we moved out late August, and then we're, you know, we believed God that he was going to take care of all of our needs and things like that. Um, I say that kind of like, because that's how we were, were going about it. We were kind of going about half-heartedly. A month went by. I had a couple interviews. Um, we had the like interviews real quick. Um, none of them panned out for us, um, so we were kind of getting discouraged. I just found out today. Brighton told me. Um, I knew a little bit, but she told me that when the jobs didn't pan out, that she actually called her mom and cried, <laughs> and she didn't want to discourage me, so she called her mom. And and thankfully, we have. Uh, godly people in our family to help us encourage us. So, um, let's see, October went by. No, September went by. It was coming up on October, and we kind of discussed that November was our cutoff. We were out of money and um, from our savings that we moved out here with, and that, um, that having the bills for November paid, we needed a job in November. I needed a job November 1st. So we started getting into the Word, um, putting them to work. Um, like Cher said, we were constantly saying them over and over and trying to, whenever things pop up in our head, we would say the Word. Um, that month started going by pretty quickly, um, and it came down to the last week. Um, the, that Monday, we were praying um, to you know, praying in tongues and worshiping, and out of nowhere, I just um, this confidence came up that had been boiling up in us all the you know that whole month. It finally came up, and um, we just knew that we were victorious, and that God had. And it didn't look like it. I didn't have a job lined up or anything, but we knew that Monday that um, that it was done. <laughs> And so we stopped praying and started worshiping and thanking God. Um, that Monday, or that next day, Tuesday, I got a phone call for an interview. I went in. Um, it was a good interview. They offered me less than what we wanted. And I said, you know, I'll take anything at this time. I don't care. <laughs> um, within, you know, months. And I, I believe that, you know, you raised my pay, so it's no big deal. Um, that next day, Wednesday, they called me back. They wanted me back in. Um, and I just knew as to have, they were going to offer me a job. I just knew it. So I went in Wednesday, and he said, um, you got the job, um, but we're not going to pay you what, we're, what we were talking about. We're going to pay you more. Um, <laughs> that um, we're going to give you this position that's, that's higher um, than what you're qualified for. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. I knew 
<laughs> I knew uh, inside that that was going to happen. That one, you know, that uh, he was going to take care of us. So the um, we were believing November first was the cutoff, right? So that uh, he said, "Come in next Monday," and I was like, "Okay, that's perfect." Told Bryden that was November fourth, and we we're like, "Oh, whatever. It's it's November fourth. That's close enough." Thursday, he called me again and said, can you come in Friday? We need you. It's busy. It's busy time. And I was like, definitely I can come in Friday and come in whenever you want. <laughs> and so I went in Friday, November 1st. I started my job. Um, <laughs> proving that, you know, that God knew when our day was and what we were believing for and uh, everything that we had uh, and we were believing for. The only thing was that if we would have known all that, we uh, probably would have believed a little for October 1st, maybe. But. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. If we knew God was really that good, we'd have backed it up. I've got one more that uh, uh, a person that I'm going to have come and, and share something. I saved this one for last because this has something to do with, uh, um, well, this has, a, has to do with a testimony for praying for somebody else, not something that happened in the church. Valerie, would you come, please? This is Valerie Martinick. He and her husband, Jason, their kids have been part of our church for a long time. And she took the word and made it work for somebody else. Okay. Okay, I have to imagine you guys all as preschoolers because that's what I'm used to teaching. So give me a second. <laughs> Um, I had an opportunity to go with God Sports Company last weekend to um, a softball tournament, a God and Country tournament, and um, I was totally excited because my whole family are athletes and play softball, except for me. So (laughs) we got there um, to Phoenix, and we were at this amazing stadium, and my kids and my husband were out in the field playing and having a great time with um, all these gold medalists, and it was really neat. And so I was kind of sitting in the stands by myself, And there was a lady who was um, a few feet behind me. And she was kind of sitting, and her daughter was out on the field as well. And um, we just started talking. We just started chit-chatting, and and her girls, or her daughter started talking with my girls, so it was kind of neat. And um, she was just so open. She just started telling me about her life and everything that she had gone through and that um, her daughter was adopted. She adopted her at three years old from a very abusive situation. And she had two other children at home. And um, I was just listening to her and just like, wow, you know, it's cool to meet new people. And, and she said that, um, that this was a really special trip because they came from Illinois and drove 23 hours, just her and her daughter. And that it was special because um, her daughter was a huge softball player and um, they didn't know basically how much time they would have together because she had some health problems. And so as soon as she said that, I was sitting there, and I'm all, okay, God, <laughs> I know you're setting this up. So you know how much I love healing and how much I love your word. So this is your, this is your opportunity just to shine, and I just want to be used. So I kind of just listened to her, and she just said, um, you know, that um, there, she was going to see a specialist in Texas right after Phoenix, that they were driving there, and that um, she was hoping that this doctor could help her. And so I kind of got up and went and sat next to her, and she said, um, I didn't even have to ask her, like, what happened, like, what was going on. She was just pouring it out, and she just said that she had a very rare type of cancer called Lynch disease, and that um, 
she knew she was sick, that she had been feeling something for a very long time, but no doctor could figure out what it was. But she said something very interesting. She said, you know, I just know something's wrong. Everyone in my family's had cancer. My sister's had it six times, and so I just know I had it. So I just kept going to the doctor until they could find something. And as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, Lord, okay. I, have, I know I have the knowledge, thankfully, from Pastor Mike, so I'm going to use it. So um, she just kept talking, and then she said she kind of had, like, a really good, like, um, outlook on it. She wasn't scared or she wasn't, like, depressed. She was just making the best of it. And she said, um, she said, um, anyway, you know, I'm sure everything's going to be fine. God wouldn't have given me these three kids, you know, for nothing and then just to take me away. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and I just said, you're totally right. I said, God would never do that. I said, God loves you so much. I said, and the Bible says, and she had already told me she was a believer, so I knew. She said, the Bible, I said, the Bible says that you're redeemed from the curse of the law. And that means every single genetic curse, every single cancer that has attacked your family, God has redeemed you for. And he's taken stripes on his back for you to be healthy and whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And I said, you don't have to say things like, you know, oh, it's just going to be all right. I'm like, you need to know it's going to be all right because that's who Jesus is. And I asked her if I could pray over her and lay hands on her. And she just kind of looked at me and she was like, okay. So I did. <laughs> I prayed for her and I said, um, I just rebuked that cancer. And I just said, in Jesus' name, I just command you to be healed. And I just pleaded the blood of Jesus over her and um, just just prayed for her. And then... Um, she just kind of looked at me, and she was like, well, thanks. And I'm like, sure, no problem. And so I'm like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> so, so I'm like, well, I have a book for you on healing, so I'll give it to you tonight at the banquet. And, and it has tons of scripture in it. Just read it, you know, the whole, the whole day. And just, and just keep remembering God's word and keep saying it. And she was like, okay. So I didn't feel anything. I didn't, you know, I'm like, I'm just doing what, you know, I know is on my heart to do. And so we went through the rest of the weekend. She didn't, she didn't say anything about it much else. The next day she actually came and she said, told me she was really tired. And I was like, okay. Um, I had given her that book on healing. And then if I can ask Chip to come up because he's the one that got the phone call. Sure. And then I went home and, and that was pretty much it until Chip called. <laughs> So I got to play as well. We were sitting at Red Robin, Chili's. Which one was it? I like to eat, so I don't remember which one it was. We were, we were over there, and uh, Val told me the story. I hadn't heard anything of it until then. I saw her give, her, um, give the lady the book, but she told me the story, and I said, you need to email me that. Because it was a Fellowship of Christian Athletes event, and um, uh, the guy that puts it on, just he tries his hardest, and the turnout just wasn't there. But he looked at me the Saturday night after the game and said, if one life was changed, this was all worth it. And so we were sitting at dinner 20 minutes later, and Val told the story. I said, you need to email me that. And the first line of Val's email said, I prayed with her, and my prayer is that when she goes to the doctor, they won't be able to find any cancer, and they're just going to send her home. And uh, I read that, and then she went on to tell the entire story, and I emailed that right away to the, the director of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, 24 hours later, he called me and goes, Hey, I just wanted to thank you for the email that you got or that you sent us. That's, that's really what these events are all about. Um, I have something to tell you. I said, okay. He goes, they went to the doctor and they sent me a text and all it said was cancer free. And, uh, <laughs> which was super awesome. 
And so then, you know, you get a text that says cancer free. You like, you call them immediately. So, um, they called and, and got all the details. And literally when the lady went to the doctor, just like the first line of Val's prayer, she was very specific in her prayer, which is huge. Don't just say, do something. It was huge. She, she was very specific in it. Like Kurt, December, what was it? November 1st, like the same thing. She said, when you, when she goes to the doctor, I believe they won't be able to find it and they'll send her home. And that's exactly what happened. So he, he told me that over the phone. And, you know, it, it was funny because all of us weren't surprised, but you're genuinely excited. We serve a good God. And it was just one of those things where I remember Jason called Val on the phone and she couldn't say a word because she's crying. But just the things of the weekend, like God used so many little things to line it up. We were there for an event and then for work, um, to be able to use the field for work and, the, the, her, her daughter's befriending this other girl is what triggered it. Them just walking in love to this other 10, 12 year old girl is what triggered her to stay afterwards and help out. And that's when this all happened. Just God using just simple people walking in love. And then with the knowledge and the ability to, to step out. Once, once you saw the spark of, of belief and the spark of a little spark of faith, she just jumped in to back that up and got exactly what was in that, what she prayed for specifically, which was huge. So the doctors checked the blood once clean, didn't believe it, checked it again, clean. And then they said, um, we don't know what to do. So go home. <laughs> and that was it. She's cancer free. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Sir. Thank you both. Folks, I could literally say till 2 o'clock in the afternoon telling you other testimonies just that I've received over the last couple of days as a result of the email request that was sent out where medical bills totaling over $100,000 were forgiven. Um, people healed of diabetes. People healed of bipolar disorders. Um, I could tell you of the father who was prompted by the Holy Ghost to start attending healing school. And then about a year and a half later, they had a baby who had a heart problem, congenital heart problem, and he was equipped with the Word of God to be able to bring that child through this uh, over and over and over again. I could just stand here almost all afternoon, I guess, just with the stories that I've received over the last few days. And I'm sure if we open the mic up, you know, open the floor up for people, we'd probably stay here because everybody, or nearly everybody, most everybody would have a testimony to share themselves. We serve a good God. We serve a God who gave us his word that is truth. The word of God is truth. And the Bible says that Jesus took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses. The Bible says that Jesus came to deliver us from all the effects of sin and the works of the devil. That's what Jesus came to the earth. That's why he was born in a manger to reveal the father to us. And Jesus healed, Jesus delivered, and Jesus freed people. And he still does. He said four times in his earthly ministry, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never fail. That means God's word can't fail for you. If we believe it and speak it and act on it. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all the wonderful things that you've done. We thank you for these things that we know about and the other things that we don't even know about. I thank you, Father, for taking care of the people that you've given unto me in this church. I thank you that as they are doers of your word, you are faithful to watch over your word, to perform it in their lives every time. Father, I thank you that at this Christmas, we will see Jesus not as a baby in a manger, 
but see him as a living, freeing, delivering, and healing Jesus. Who stands ready to change our lives and change others as we touch them. Thank you, Father, for the wonderful things that you have done. I thank you that next year will even be a better year. It will be better for us because we will be stronger and have more experience in being doers of the word. I thank you, Father, that it will be better because we will have greater influence to reach others with the good news of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for seeing us through every situation. I thank you also, Father, for the needs that are represented here in the lives of these people. People that haven't seen the results yet but are believing you. Standing on your word for the promise to be fulfilled. We thank you, Father, that every one of those needs is met. We thank you, Father, that every one of those acts of faith... Whatever area that faith may be extended, finances, healing, or whatever the case is, Father, we thank you that that faith is sure. And because your word is true, they shall receive the answer, even as your word promises. We worship you, Father. We magnify your name. We know what that first Christmas meant to you. Because you looked down the road to see that the result would be mankind coming unto you. The result would be you living in us. We thank you therefore, Father, that Jesus is Emmanuel, not just God with us in the manger, but God with us forever. We magnify your name, Jesus. We worship you. We glorify you. We thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you shall call his name Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Father, I pray that this Christmas would be a Christmas where every one of our church members, everyone that considers themselves to be a part of this family, would know your love like never before. Holidays can be difficult times for some because of the loss of loved ones or other things. Father, I pray that this Christmas their holiday would be filled with the knowledge of your presence with them like never before. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for putting the word first in your life. I know that uh, ours is kind of a different church. Churches follow the characteristics of their pastor, and I'm certainly a different kind of person. So we couldn't help but have a different kind of church. But it would be hard to stay in this church for very long if you didn't care about the Word. 
Because you're sure going to hear enough about it to where the Holy Ghost is going to bring you under conviction. And that's where a lot of people run. They can call it judgment from the pulpit or whatever they want to call it. But really it's the conviction of the Holy Ghost that they resist and pull away from. So I want to thank you for putting the word first. It's a joy to pastor you. I talk to some other pastors and I hear about the problems they have. And they say, well, you know what I'm talking about. You know what it's like. I'm thinking, I have no clue what it's like. Because our people are doers of the word. God fixes their problems. I don't have to. So I want to thank you for being doers of the word. You make my job easy. Well, most of the time. Some of you, you know. It's a joy to pastor you. There's no burden to it on my part. It's a joy. Because I know you've chosen to put the word of God first. And I believe there's a lot more people out there that want the benefits and the reality of the Word of God in their lives too. And I believe God will open doors for us where we can reach them just like He reached us. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here with us today. Uh, Weren't these testimonies a blessing? Amen. The Bible says a good word makes fat the bones. Amen.